It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 22nd, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, I have some thoughts now that one of the one of the finalists for the NBA Finals has been named. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on around the NBA and You know, some of the general lessons that I'm taking from this postseason, especially the teams that have made it deep into this postseason. So I want to discuss that a little bit as I I tend to think big about some of these things. And then we'll chat about Evan Fournier's season and the difficulties that he had this year as our player evaluation series continues. Like I said, we'll be wrapping that up uh, by the end of the week, maybe uh, early bleeding into next week as well, before I do my deep dive into what is on the table for the Magic this offseason. So I'll be doing those numbers. I'll be breaking it down, what the Magic can do uh, in the offseason. That'll be next week as we conclude our player evaluation series. Close the book a little bit on the 2019 season. We'll still talk about some issues from the 2019 season, so don't worry. And look ahead now to the 2020 season as the offseason is coming up pretty quickly with the NBA draft on June 20th. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. By searching for them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled device, and the Himalaya app. On the Himalaya app, of course, you can download podcasts directly to your device, just like you can with anything else. But the Himalaya app is different because um, it is a sort of database of all these different podcasts. And it will suggest podcasts to your taste and your liking. Not only that, you can also create playlists of podcasts. I know I'm someone that gets bogged down with so many great podcasts I want to listen to from whether it's the Lockdown Podcast Network or elsewhere. Um, you know, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big fan of a lot of different podcasts, especially the kind of news podcasts. And this allows me to sort them and play them in the order that I want, whatever I'm feeling like or whatever I discover on the Himalaya app. Download the Himalaya app today. That's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, just like the mountain range. Um, and you can download all the great podcasts on Lockdown Podcast Network, whether it's the NBA. MLB, NFL, or colleges too. 
You can find them all on the Himalaya app as well as wherever you download podcasts. The Himalaya app is the home of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. So uh, on, uh, I took yesterday off, so apologize for that. But on Monday night, the Golden State Warriors completed their third comeback of 17 points or more against the Portland Trailblazers and swept their way into the NBA Finals. They become the first team since the Boston Celtics in the 1960s to make five straight NBA Finals. It is a feat that, frankly, is is still incredible. I, I, I know a lot of people think that the Warriors are some juggernaut, but and they are. They are a juggernaut, but getting to the Finals is difficult every single year. Getting to the Finals five straight years is incredibly difficult. It's obviously only been done twice in NBA history now. And it deserves our respect and our credit. And so absolute credit goes to the Golden State Warriors. But the team I want to focus on is the team they defeated in the Portland Trailblazers. At the end of last season, when Portland was swept out of the this first round by the New Orleans Pelicans, and another interesting side note, the Portland Trailblazers become the second franchise in NBA history to get swept out of three consecutive playoffs. The other one is the Orlando Magic in 94, 95, and 96. And like the Portland Trailblazers, they did it at different stages of the playoffs. Of course, the Magic swept out of the first round, but it was a best-of-five series by the Indian Pacers in 1994, swept out of the NBA Finals by the Houston Rockets in 1995, and then swept out out by the Chicago Bulls in the Eastern Conference Finals in 1996. So we have company now, and frankly, I'm very glad to have the Portland Trailblazers as company because... You know, I don't think that this is a team that's going to get the respect that they deserve in many ways. Because like I said, last year after they lost in the first round of the NBA playoffs to the New Orleans Pelicans, that the Trailblazers seemed in disarray. There were rumors that they were going to fire Terry Stotts, their head coach, and in fact the Magic you know, were rumored to be a team interested in Terry Stotts if he became available on the market. There were calls from media from fans to break the team up, to trade away C.J. McCollum, to trade away Damian Lillard and start completely over. There were all these different voices saying Portland doesn't have enough. They've gone as far as they can and it's time to start over. In fact, even during the season, there were, you know, that there was that Ringer article that the fans glommed onto, not just Magic fans, but just fans around the league glommed onto, saying Portland should trade CJ McCollum to the Orlando Magic for Aaron Gordon. And frankly, the crux of many of those articles wasn't really about how it would help the teams. It was, it was honestly more about let's get Aaron Gordon out of Orlando where he seems to be struggling or wall- wallowing, which he was not, that the articles were all wrong. 
and put him someplace with a player like Damian Lillard that could maybe unlock him a little bit more. I still would still get comments saying the Magic should offer Aaron Gordon for CJ McCollum. And while I think that's the kind of deal the Magic might entertain for Aaron Gordon, I would always say this. Why would Portland trade CJ McCollum? Why would Portland be interested in trading away their second best player for a player who is arguably worse? And I think you could make a very good argument that CJ McCollum is better than Aaron Gordon as much as I like Aaron Gordon. But is clearly not going to make the Blazers better and still keep them kind of in the the cap crux that they have. The deal never made sense to me in any construct anyone made of it. And inevitably, the answer would be, well, Portland's done as much as they can with this group. Portland has to change something. Clearly, Portland doesn't have to change something. Because this year, they finally broke through. Yes, they got swept by the Golden State Warriors. Yes, Damian Lillard struggled. He was a little bit hurt, but no excuse. Yes, the team floundered on the big stage. But like I've said with the Orlando Magic and how they floundered on the big stage in their their first round series, that doesn't erase what they accomplished getting to this point. That doesn't erase them exercising their demons with that incredible game-winning shot in Game 5 of the first round. Or C.J. McCollum taking over from mid-range, not three, from mid-range to win game seven against the Denver Nuggets. The only, by the way, upset by seed in the entire playoffs this year was the Portland Trailblazers as the three seed beating the Denver Nuggets as the two seed. It doesn't take away anything from that. But most importantly, it provides a key lesson to every team struggling and trying to break through. It provides a key lesson for every player, every team that's developing and growing and trying to build into a eventual champion, you hope, but into a team that experiences real success in the NBA and in the NBA playoffs. The Portland Trailblazers have been a model franchise for six years. They've made the playoffs each of the last six years, but only have four playoff series wins. They are, they, you know, it is fair to perhaps argue that they are stuck in that dreaded nether zone, in that dreaded nether world that nobody wants to be stuck in. Good enough to make the playoffs, not good enough to compete for championships, not good enough to take that next step and really, really, really have a chance to win on the biggest stage. It's completely fair to make that argument. It's completely fair to say that's who this team is. Certainly before this season, and maybe it's still fair to say that. And, you know, we could get into the debate of whether that's okay. Whether, you know, it should be championship or bust. Whether you can experience success in a Western Conference Finals. Judging by how Portland fans reacted, you know, honestly, even judging by how Damian Lillard reacted 24 hours after the fact. There, it, there is joy in the journey. And after going through five years of playoff frustration and struggle, you could tell how much that fan base, how much that team, and, and frankly, how much fans of the league, people who love Damian Lillard and, and 
You know, I, I'm not a guy that typically likes a player like Damian Lillard. I'm not a big one-on-one kind of scoring bravado guy, but I have always loved Damian Lillard. He is he is everything that's right about the NBA in so many ways. Guy works hard, gives back to his community, both in Portland and in Oakland, and is unapologetic about who he is. And I, I absolutely love that about him. But the lesson here for teams around the league, and the lesson that really... To some extent, every team left in the NBA, all, all four of the conference finalists give you, is that belief in your core matters to success. Portland had that opportunity this year to turn back, to say, we don't have it. We're not good enough. And we have to start over. They had that opportunity on several fronts, and the loss to New Orleans last season made them ask those difficult questions. But at the end of the day, they decided Damian Lillard's our guy through thick and thin. They're getting ready to offer him the Supermax contract, the same contract that the Wizards gave to John Wall, that the Bulls gave to Derrick Rose, that has hamstrung those franchises. Maybe Damian Lillard's a different player. But Portland is willing to go all in on Damian Lillard. And frankly, I think they would have offered him that contract no matter what happened this year. And Damian Lillard, again, another thing to just absolutely love about the guy. He is loyal like crazy. He's not raised a stink about Portland not getting better or not putting themselves in position. He's just gone in and done the work. He's made that team better. He made that team a Western Conference Finals, just like everything else. And so with Portland having this opportunity to ask these questions and perhaps turn back, perhaps change paths, they said, no. We believe in these guys. We believe in our core players. And and we know we got to shift some things around them. But we believe we can be successful this way. And that belief was rewarded. I compare that to the magic under Rob Hennigan. Say what you want, but back in the day, Orlando Magic fans claimed that there was a core four players. Victor Oladipo, Tobias Harris, some people thought Maurice Harkless for a while, and Aaron Gordon. It's no coincidence that the Magic kind of struggled because they stopped believing in their guys. They traded Tobias Harris for spare parts at the trade deadline. They traded Victor Oladipo on draft night to get a veteran they thought could could get them rich quick. Bo Harkless, they just discarded, didn't even bother developing him, and he's turned into a solid starter for the Blazers now. Didn't get anything in return for him virtually. You could argue very, very clearly that the biggest failure under Rob Hennigan was not about scouting. They got good players. Victor Oladipo turned into an all-star. Tobias Harris is a near all-star. Mo Harkless is still a quality starter in this league, and, and we've seen what Aaron Gordon's become in Orlando. He's the only guy left. You could argue that the biggest flaw in the Rob Hennigan plan was 
he gave up too soon. He didn't hold his own on this these core players. And honestly, I think the big lesson that Magic fans have certainly learned as now we, we go from a playoff team to what's next is you have to believe in your core guys. Pretty much any Aaron Gordon trade that comes across my timeline, I, I tell whoever's offering it, unless, we're, unless the Magic are getting back a proven all-star on a long-term deal, not someone that's, that could leave in a year, they're not trading Aaron Gordon. They're not trading Jonathan Isaac. They're not trading Mo Bamba. And they're probably not trading Markel Fultz anytime soon. Those four guys are their guys. And everything they do from here on out is about putting those guys in a position to succeed. Let's say Nikola Vucevic leaves this offseason, which again, I think is a little bit about a 50-50 proposition that he is not back with the team. Some people would argue it's more. But if Nikola Vucevic leaves and this team is worse, very possible, it's still going to be about giving Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, and Markel Fultz every opportunity to improve and believing in them, even if there's a setback, even if things don't go completely to plan. You don't give up on those guys until a conclusion is really set to be made. Back then, Victor Oladipo was struggling, and and I'll I'll admit, I made the mistake in evaluating Victor Oladipo, and and I I still don't believe he would have become what he became in Orlando, but he certainly could have got, would have continued to get better. Better coaching would have helped them. But Victor Oladipo, Tobias Harris, even Mo Harkless, were all playing fine. They were making the progress, maybe not the advanced progress you needed. Certainly with money having to, to, to get put down on them, you know, you had to make some decisions, but they they were not young players worth giving up on. And to me, that's the big lesson from Portland. Is once you've established your core, once you know who you're investing in, you don't give up on them. You stick with them through every through through setbacks. You create an environment and a culture that will allow them to succeed. And you hate to say it, but you trust the process because the results will come. The results finally came for Portland this year. And I think as small market fans, everyone should be real excited and ecstatic about that. The results finally came for Portland. They worked so hard to get them. And they deserve the success. Now, as I tell everyone who says, okay, that's great, you don't want to get stuck in the middle, I agree completely. The, tr- the, the idea is to always find a way to move forward. The people who told me Magic making the 8th seed doesn't help them, they need elite talent, and yes, to win a championship, you need elite talent. And for Portland and their title hopes, you do have to ask the question, is Damian Lillard a quote-unquote elite player? Frankly, Elite players aren't established until they get to the finals. No one thought Stephen Curry was an elite player until the Warriors made their first final run. Let's make that perfectly clear. Unless you're LeBron, Durant, whoever, you don't become elite until you prove it in the playoffs. Giannis is proving it right now for the Bucs, even though they're now tied in their series at 2-2. So Portland has some big decisions to make still. 
they're cap tied. They don't have they have a lot of money invested in guys that aren't giving them probably what they're worth completely. They're kind of stuck in the Miami zone, except they've got Damian Lillard, who's probably better than any player the Heat have, where they've invested a lot in role players who don't always perform up to snuff, and then they don't have the cap room to go and get better. So yeah, Neil Olshey, Olshey with the with the Blazers has some tricky work to do, for sure. But again, undoubtedly the lesson that Portland should give us all is if you have a group that you really believe in, that has experienced even a little bit of success, and maybe making the playoffs isn't a ton of success, but it is success nonetheless, you believe in them, you invest in them, you support them, create a culture that will make them better. And if you do that, you can make some magic and have a very rewarding season. Before we move on to talk about Evan Fournier, I want to tell you about another one of our sponsors, and that's Untuck It. I know I mentioned last time that, that I do own a couple Untuck It shirts, and I have to say they are some of the most comfortable shirts that I've ever worn. I, I say that honestly, that they are super, super comfortable. They've got, uh, they, they're they're very casual, but nice looking. And, and I know that makes like moms happy. And I'm sure that'll make the, the woman, the man, the whatever, the people in your life happy to see that. These shirts are designed to be worn untucked. They're like button down shirts. So they feel very nice and formal, but they're, they're designed to be worn untucked. So they, sh- fit, they fit any shape or size of person. And they do such a good they do such a good job, uh, just just creating this casual casual look that I just really really enjoy. Regular button down shirts, those regular button down shirts, frankly, aren't designed to be worn untucked. I know sometimes I'll untuck them after work, and I just feel so so trashy. But if I tuck in, I just feel too formal. So so this is kind of that midway point. These shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. It is versatile, and we all love versatility. That the, the length is your arm length, so length is on, on you. No tucking or tailoring is required. These shirts fit like a glove, a little bit looser than a glove perhaps, and feel comfortable and make you feel confident, which is the most important. Go to untuckit.com, enter promo code NBA, and get 20% off your Untuck It shirt today. Definitely check out untuckit.com and our promo code NBA. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. If you want to start a fight with Orlando Magic fans, you either and you either say the Magic should re-sign Nikola Vucevic, or you mention the guy we're going to talk about today, and that's Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier, very much, and I hate to say it because I do like the guy, very much represents the old guard of the Orlando Magic. The kind of the, the old school, the old regime, if you will, 
of the Orlando Magic. He was, you know, unfair or not, and I'm guilty of creating this dichotomy. He was signed to a big new contract the same year the Magic traded Victor Oladipo. And so he kind of came to represent the shortcomings of that front office. Now, Fournier in the past produced fine. The Magic probably asked him to do a bit too much, but he was their best perimeter player. He was a guy that they trusted to do a little bit of playmaking, run pick and rolls, attack off the dribble, and hit open threes. And, and he did that fairly well offensively. Again, maybe he wasn't everything the Magic need from the role that they asked him for, but he performed admirably. And under Steve Clifford, he did some good things. Did a lot of good things, actually. He was one of the players Steve Clifford probably trusted most, for better or for worse. Fournier grew as a playmaker, averaging a career high in assists and, frankly, just being a better player overall for the Orlando Magic. Fournier for the year averaged 3.6 assists per game. His career averaged two and a half. He had a few games where he had five, six, seven assists. And it was a revelation that he could go off, go off the dribble and create for others because, frankly, that wasn't his reputation throughout, the, throughout his career. On top of all this, and certainly it helps being part of a top defensive team, all of his defensive numbers improved. Was he a positive defender all the time? No. But he was passable, if not slightly below average. And passable was good enough. On several occasions, Steve Clifford trusted him to guard the opposing player's best perimeter player at times. Steve Clifford put a lot of trust into Evan Fournier, and Fournier at least held his own. Sometimes he delivered, sometimes he didn't. And a famous play, of course, against the Houston Rockets, Fournier got the assignment on James Harden and, again, held his own. Harden still got his points, but he did a very good job containing Harden, especially late in that game, to get the win. So Evan Fournier made some key improvements. I don't want to sound like Evan Fournier didn't do a lot of good things because what I'm about to say is going to, and, and I, I think Evan would agree with this, and, and I think we can all agree that what I'm about to say is why Evan Fournier's season was ultimately a disappointment. He averaged 15.1 points per game, which sounds fine. But the bottom line is Evan Fournier's main job with the Orlando Magic is to shoot. His main job with the team is to make baskets and to make three-pointers specifically, especially for a team that has so few quality three-point shooters. His job is to make baskets. And that was a job that failed at might be too strong, but struggled with all year. Fournier shot 34% from beyond the arc this year, a career worst. A player who has a 52.2% effective field goal percentage for his career was only at 50.9. And Evan Fournier would be the first to tell you he could not explain why he was struggling to shoot. Every time it looked like he was about to, to make that turn and, and play a little bit better and start making shots, it would go away. He would start missing no shots. He would start struggling again. 
to do the basic thing that he's supposed to do for this Orlando team. It may have cost the Magic a game here or there, but certainly in the playoffs, it hurt more. Fournier, during the playoffs, shot just 8 of 34 from beyond the arc, 23.5%. And that includes his dreadful 1-for-8 performance in Game 3. Fournier makes two threes, two of eight, three of eight. The Magic win that game. And those were not bad looks. Those were good looks. In a series where the Magic absolutely needed someone else to step up and relieve the pressure on Nikola Vucevic, make it just a little bit harder, make the Raptors pay for doubling on Vucevic as hard as they did. The Magic's supposedly most reliable shooter couldn't hit a shot. I'm not going to put all the blame for the loss on Fournier, but that was certainly a factor. And I think Fournier was pressing and, and, and you know, that playoff appearance, and I think it's kind of fair to say, that playoff appearance, the Magic felt more pressure that they put on themselves. Not that, that the fans or, or media put on them or that the moment put on them. They put the pressure on themselves to deliver in that series, and then I think they struggled with it. No one more than Fournier. He was pressing the entire series and struggling so much to just play basketball. And that's kind of how it was all year. Fournier did other things really, really well. Let's make that clear. Fournier did do some other things well, but not well enough to supersede how important his shooting was and is to this team. On that front, he did not deliver. And everything else revolves around that. For the first time, really, and and I'm a proponent, you know, before this season, that Fournier was properly paid. That he... Was his production matched his salary? Whether you agree with that or not is another matter. But for the first time, the Magic are really feeling the weight of that contract. Because frankly, we all kind of understand that Fournier is the most expendable starter on the team. Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac, like I said, are part of the team's core. If the Magic choose to resign Nikola Vucevic, he's here until Mo Bamba's ready. DJ Augustin, they need him until they find a better point guard option or Markel Fultz is ready. If the Magic were to make a trade to make their roster better, to add new players to their roster, all eyes point to Evan Fournier. And right now, it's hard to find any team that would give up something more valuable or something of value to get Evan Fournier. It's not to say the Magic are are stuck with him. I I think that's unfair. I think Fournier is still a useful player and I think Fournier will bounce back next year. I think Fournier is due to have a good season next year where he shoots 37-38% from three like we're used to him doing. Expands his playmaking a little bit more. Becomes a better defender. I think that's very, very possible. Very, very possible. And frankly, likely. I think he will get better. He will put in the work. And he, you know, having the stability from Steve Clifford and 
having the stability of, of the roster and what's expected and what his role will be, even if he has to do a little bit more, I think will help the team. Now, granted, Fournier still has flaws as a player. It's not just about his shooting. He does have a bit of that bit of a he has a scores mentality, and it, there will there are were times throughout the year where it felt like he said it was his t- time to score, and he'd take a couple bad shots. His shot selection, his ability to create off the dribble, are still suspect. Certainly can improve. Certainly have been better, but wasn't his strong suit this year. And he does have a tendency to stop the offense a little bit as he searches for his shot off the dribble. It's not terrible, it's not horrible, but it certainly could and should be better. But Fournier is kind of up in the air. It's hard to pinpoint where he fits in with this team and what they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to do. For now, he's certainly serviceable, but it wouldn't surprise me if he is the guy the Magic most want to trade. It wouldn't surprise me if he's the guy the Magic float around the most. See what they could maybe get if they attach their first-round pick with him. I don't think they'll get very much that they'll like, and I think they'll end up keeping him if that's the case. But to be sure, Fournier knows he can play better. He admitted throughout the year he could not explain the slump that he was in and did his best to provide support for the Magic in other ways. And in fact... In that sense, expanding his passing, improving on defense, he helped the Magic out tremendously. If there were previous years and he was shooting like this, he would have been completely useless. He would have been a huge albatross around the team. But he was still the Magic's best clutch performer with a couple big shots throughout the year, including game winners against the Cavaliers and Pistons. Big shot against the Pacers on the road. He made big plays for the team all year long. and So that's among the many reasons why I'm not worried about Evan Fournier next year. If he is still on the team, the magic will be fine. I have no doubt of that. But certainly, too, Evan Fournier has to play better for the magic next year. If they want to take their next step, if they want to win a second game in the in the first round series or compete to actually win a first round series. They will need Evan Fournier to play the way we expect him to play and make the 2019 season a blip on the radar. The bottom line is Evan Fournier's main role with this team is to make baskets. He is there to shoot and to score. And the fact that he didn't this year hurt the team tremendously. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. 
The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Before we wrap up, I want to remind you, today's show is brought to you by Grip6. Their goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made, and it is a fantastic belt I can speak from experience. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for anyone in your family. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flaps, carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist. It's a super comfortable belt that goes with almost any outfit. I would I, I wear it casually with jeans. I wear it with khakis to work or whatever I wear to work or whatever you wear to work. Grip6 belts fit your lifestyle and whatever you need. Grip6 is the only belt with no holes, so it really feels adjust, adjustable to, whatever, to whatever's going on or whatever clothes you're wearing. It has no flap and no bulk. Grip6 now has a special offer for you at grip6.com slash lock. That's lock, L-O-C-K-E. Check it out. Grip6 belts. Uh, I wear I wear Grip6 belt. It is fantastic, and I cannot recommend it enough. Check out grip6.com slash lock today. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device, including the Himalaya app. Check out the Himalaya app today to get recommendations for podcasts for you to listen to and create playlists so you can sort through all those podcasts that I'm sure you don't, wouldn't listen to otherwise. The Lockdown Podcast Network is all on the Himalaya app, so check out the great NBA, NFL, MLB, and college podcasts. They have all on the Himalaya app. The Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.